0: The Auburn Tigers take care of business on a national stage. They defeat the USC Trojans 91-75. to 75. Welcome into this live edition of Locked on Auburn. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Montgomery radio legend Daryl Daprich. And Daryl, we were kind of chit-chatting in the final minutes of this game here. And this was just a a few-hour commercial for the Auburn basketball program.
1: It was. It was an advertisement for two hours from the play-by-play announcer to Jay Williams, who played high-level college basketball at Duke, to having Charles Barkley sit in uh, for a few minutes in the under-12 timeout. Of course, you know, all the the hype and the attention being on Bronny James and him Mm -hmm. being LeBron's son. son. So all that just read like an an advertisement, a commercial for for Auburn. And then for, for Auburn to come out and play the way they did under the, the lights like that with all eyes and eyes of the nation, ESPN national game uh, was just huge. I think, it, again, it was a testimony to what the Auburn fan base has built there and Bruce Pearl, but you couldn't have asked for a better script with the way Auburn plays, style of play, big lead, all those variables just lined up well.
0: Yeah, this uh, this USC team is interesting because they've got dudes – Right, I mean, they've got you know the number one prospect that they talked about a ton. They've got Boogie Ellis, who's very impressive. Ronnie James is fine, right? I think he's going to be a solid player. He's only played a few college basketball games, but for them to now be sitting at five and five, like I've kind of got conflicting feelings on how I should feel
1: about this win, Daryl. Well, here's the deal: USC is very talented. I think they're very talented from an individual standpoint. Point and having the components and parts. I don't think that they've meshed those parts into a two a true team concept yet. Yeah. I think that the that Collier and Boogie Ellis has the potential to be one of the best backcourts in the nation. Uh Bronny James is just going to have to find his footing. Um the Rodman kid, who's Dennis Rodman's son, uh, ironically, is a solid rebounder and 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 you know can contribute. I just don't I think that they're Uh, the sum of their parts is not what it needs to be to to make a whole. And and you, you hear that a lot of times with teams that aren't that talented and they say, well, they can, you know, they they may not have a lot of individual talent, but the sum of the parts make a really good team. USC is the exact opposite. Their depth isn't there, but their talent and their individual, I guess, you know, performers are scary and they're going to catch, if they catch fire at the right time, I think what, if they start to kind of mesh and gel with how talented they are, they could be a problem in the Pac-12 this year. I just don't think they're there yet. Yeah. And um, I don't think the depth is there yet either. Right. Right.
0: As far as this Auburn team, though, Daryl, I mean, there's so many different things that they're starting to do well, and they're getting more crisp and more efficient and more effective and deeper as the season Goes on as we're close to conference play beginning when they open conference play against Arkansas, not too long from now. There's so many different guys you can point to and say, okay, they're in a so much better spot now than they were at the start of the season, which is the point of this non-conference schedule that Bruce Pearl put together. You and I talked about it a ton going into the season early parts of it is you're playing all these power five teams so you can learn who you are going into SEC play. And I think we've learned so much more about who Aiden Holloway is, so much more about Jani Broom in his, what we assume, his final season here at Auburn. And then these new guys, Denver Jones and, and Chad Baker, Mazzara, and Cheney Johnson. I mean, we're learning so much more about these guys, and they're getting so much more comfortable. And the fact that you've got eight dudes that could score double digits any given outing, it's valuable, and it's starting to add up. I think all of the depth and all of the abilities that these guys have is starting to accumulate a little bit.
1: Yeah. Great point on the the schedule, because what happens is I think Bruce Pearl had a conscience effort to get Auburn on the road and at neutral sites and not just load up on directional schools in this non-con you've played Indiana, you've played Notre Dame, Virginia tech, now USC, you've played some names, names that people recognize. And, I think what happens is you start to get comfortable playing in a hostile environment or a neutral, because let's face it, when you get to the NCAA tournament, you're not playing on anybody's home court. You're playing on a neutral site. So Auburn's familiar with that. When you get to the SEC and you have to go on the road, you're going to have to win some big road games on the road in the SEC at other people's uh, hostile environments to have a chance to compete for an SEC title. Bruce Pearl has checked that box. Yeah. So when they came back home, I just had a feeling this was going to happen. I, you know, I knew that this place was going to be really, really excited, that Neville Arena was going to be anticipatory. Let's get Auburn back at home. And so that's what happens. They, they explode. And then the depth piece, we've talked about it at nauseum this year, mm-hmm. what Auburn's able to do and come at you at waves. Again, that five that they had on the floor against Indiana and UNC Asheville, they had on the floor against USC, and they went on a 12-2 run. When USC made it a little bit close, Auburn pulled away. I was very impressed with the shots that Denver Jones and Chad Baker-Mazzara hit, although on the stat sheet, they don't blow anybody away with their total number, of points, but they hit big shots. Every time USC got it to like eight or nine, Yeah, one of those two hit a three or got a three-point play and got it back to double digits. Those things matter, and that's what depth does for you.
0: Yeah, Chad Baker-Mazzara making it to the charity stripe Six times. And that's something we haven't really seen a whole lot from him. Once again, we're learning more about these dudes. These guys are getting more into their bag and more comfortable with what they want to do. I think it's huge. I think it's huge for this team. I want to highlight, Justin has a comment, and you and I were talking about this before we started, but he says, Cardwell is emerging. His game is so much more versatile. Dylan Cardwell has morphed into this player that he's no longer being put in there just so Janiah Broom can breathe for a second. Dylan Cardwell has turned into a really solid college basketball player. And that's props to him. That's props to this coaching staff. And, but really just him for, you know, in this world where everybody wants to transfer and leave all the time, if they don't, aren't like a starter, don't love their role. Dylan Cardwell is, he's, he's representative of like why you stay because he knows this system probably better than anyone because he's been in it for so long. And you can tell he looks so much more comfortable out there. a lot of other folks and so the fact that dylan has turned into this player one hats off to him and two hats off to this coaching staff for using dylan cardwell the way that they are
1: you're always going to have to have a guy like dylan cardwell on your team if you want to win titles there's always you can go back and look at teams that compete for championships and they have dudes like dylan cardwell and it's very important to note we talked about it on the last basketball postcast that Auburn has four or five guys that could start for a lot of programs in the SEC, and they all have bought in and not sulked and have embraced their role. Well, Cardwell's the chief. He's the leader. He's el presidente of those guys, and they all follow his lead. A guy that comes in and just plays 15, 16 minutes, but gets so excited the way he does and hypes up the crowd, he went from that, to being a minutes eater and a crowd energizer and an infusion of excitement guy, to now giving you eight points, six rebounds, and three blocks when he comes off the bench. And that is big. And then everybody else behind him, the Chad Bicker Mazars the Cheney Johnsons, the Trey Donaldson, they have followed suit and have kind of made them their, you know, leader. And, and, and so he feeds off that, and they feed off him. He has set the example, is what he's done. He's like, follow me. This is how it's done when you come off the bench. He shows it's it's a great leading by example testimony. And so, what the other guys have done the same thing. Even KD, even KD, who has kind of used to being a starter, has embraced the role of coming off the bench, not pouting, not sulking. Sure, it it starts and ends with Cardwell and the example he sets.
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. But then that goes back to what we talked about after. The, the game earlier this week, the UNC Asheville game, where all of these guys know what their role is, and they're okay and happy with their role, and they're not trying to go outside of their lane and make plays that they're not being asked to make, right? And we've seen that from certain players over the past few seasons. You have that from no one, from nobody on this roster. And you've got a coaching staff where if all the players do what the coaches say, you're going to win a lot of games. It's not like Bruce Pearl and this staff isn't good at what they do. And you're seeing the fruits of that. And to me, Daryl, I'm just going to be honest. This team is gelling faster than I thought it would. I thought it would take longer for Denver Jones and Chaney Johnson and Chad Baker-Mazzara, and we'll even put Aiden Holloway in there because he's a freshman. I thought it would take longer for them to get to the point where they are now, I did think Denver would be more consistent up to this point, but still the fact that you've got other people around him and he's not going to take 12 shots a game just to make sure that he's getting his points. I love all of that. I mean, Denver tonight, he scored 12 points and he only shot it four times.
1: Goes back to what I just said and I said on the last podcast that we had. It's not so many, it's not so much how many that you get during the course of a game, it's when. And he hit two huge threes. Go back and watch the tape. They were tied stemmers. They completely changed the complexion. It looked like USC was about to get back in the game. Boogie Ellis was going crazy. And Denver Jones hit two big threes. to. And even Jay Williams said, man, every time USC feels like they're getting back in the game, Auburn answers. And those answers were a lot Denver Jones. And that was big there were big shots I'm a guy about when you hit shots just as much as you know how many and so that's big for him i think I think to your point about this team kind of gelling faster i agree it's it, it's happened quicker than i thought because what did he bring in four or five new dudes so the, the the chemistry issue i thought was going to take a little bit longer but he's doing they're they're gelling against in the non-conference against teams like USc and indiana yeah. And I think that speaks volumes when you get the conference play mm-hmm. um, that you're doing this against teams that are a little bit better, where you try to find your footing against the, you know, Alabama States and the Chattanooga's and the UNC Asheville's. You're having to do this against better competition. Go back and look at the Baylor game. Almer had that game one, should have won that game, was up nine at halftime. Baylor's a really good basketball team. Right. We can go back now and say game one. Without this team really gelling and having the chemistry they have now, Auburn almost beat Baylor, should have beat Baylor. So I think there's a lot of wonderful things good point. ahead at store for this basketball team, especially when you look at guy, you know, teams like Arkansas and Alabama that were really, really good last year struggling a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in, in the SEC. I, I think it's going to be special. I think it's going to be especially – I'm excited. I was excited in this game. This was one of the most fun games for me to watch. In a long time. I love Sunday afternoon basketball. It's different and it's unique. Sure. I love the fact that the eyes of the nation were upon Almer. And Almer just played at a high level with, with a lot of energy. And the game didn't feel like it was in doubt. And for me, that's fun. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I'm old, dude. I don't need heart palpitations. You I'm know?
0: with you. Yeah. No, the the like the closest it gets in the second half with 10 or 12 points. Like, yeah, I'll take that.
1: I'll take yeah, you're that. 30. You can kind of overcome that. Me at 55, it's a scary event. You know, you don't want – I don't want my heart rate going up to 180. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good.
0: Yeah. Several comments in live chat commenting on the Jordan hoodies we're wearing. Auburn did not sign with Jordan. That is not a thing. These are just for the show. Don't read into it. Seeing several comments about that. This isn't cryptic or anything like that. Daryl got these made. They're very comfortable. We're both wearing them today. We love
1: Jordan stuff. We've I've had some stuff in the past that I've worn on the air, so we thought we'd get something – Around Christmas time, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, don't read into it. This is a me and Daryl thing, not an Auburn University thing. need to make right. that very clear. don't want to start any rumors here on the show. All right, five players scored in double digits, Daryl. Aiden Holloway, Jalen Williams, Janiah Broom, Denver Jones, and Dylan Cardwell. Drop in the live chat who is our player of the game. In the meantime, you can find your player of the game for your business over at LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn jobs is the best place to find qualified candidates faster and for free Daryl quickly uh, you've used LinkedIn jobs several times to hire for your company uh it sounds like it was very easy it sounds like it was very effective
1: I love the detail you can get by using LinkedIn the background just it's just a lot it's a higher level employee that we're getting because there's so much information at your fingertips and they make it real simple they really do
0: yeah. So uh, be sure to do that. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Who is your player of the game, Daryl? Because you can make the case for any of those five guys who mm. scored in double digits.
1: You know, again, probably Jalen Williams for the second game. I think he came to play early and hit some big shots that was a tone setter. I know I talked about Jones and Chad Baker-Mazar hitting big shots to stem Dude, the tide. Dylan
0: Cardwell is almost unanimous in the line. Yeah, well, that's good, probably-
1: and I love that. I just yeah. think yeah. Jalen Williams came out and set the tone and kind of made it, hit, even hitting that three right out of the Um, uh, But, yeah, Cardwell's a good choice. I mean, you know, how many did he end up with, eight?
0: Dylan had uh, five rebounds, 11 points. How many, points.
1: How many points? 11. 11. Oh, 11. Okay. Yeah. He hit a couple. That, and he was
0: one of the five in, in double digits.
1: I mean, yeah, th- that's a good, that's a, you can't argue with that. And, and, the, and, and the way he's, the, the dunks and the, the energy and just the, the momentum. I mean, we've talked about this before. You can hit a runner in the lane and it counts for two. But when you dunk on somebody's head and it it just, it brings the whole arena to another level. And, and so that was what he did. He just absolutely was, it was, completely brought people off their, uh, you know, off their feet.
0: Yeah. Wade is saying uh, that he just heard that Cardwell had another dunk and you're probably right. You're probably right. I'm, I'm with you. I think it's Jalen Williams because I think when Jalen Williams is going six of nine for 14 points, um, everything else seems to work better around him for Auburn offensively. And it's been that way since Jalen Williams has been here, got here 10 years ago. That's a joke. Mm-hmm. It feels like he's been here for a long time and that's great. I'm yeah. glad he's been here for a long time, but seriously when, when, when Jalen is on and decides to be a little less selfless with the basketball, I'm not saying he's being selfish because I think Auburn's better when Jalen Williams is scoring. It's just, this is what happens. I think Auburn just operates better offensively when Jalen Williams is moving. It takes pressure off of Janai down low. It opens up the, the perimeter And Jalen's able to score in different ways. And it's just kind of, it's an issue. It's a matchup problem when Jalen Williams is scoring. And so I I think Jalen Williams uh, for the second straight game is my vote as well. Now, Dylan Cardwell, we made the case for that just a second ago. And I agree with all of you guys that are saying that. Dylan Cardwell, he is the energizer bunny. He is the engine that makes this Auburn team go emotionally. And he's become a really solid college basketball player on both sides of the floor, which has been a pleasant surprise from my perspective, Daryl. So I get the argument for uh, for Dylan, but I'm going with Jalen Williams as our player of the game.
1: Yeah, and the inside-out aspect of Jalen Williams' game is very unique. You know, he starts the game hitting a three. He's a weapon. He's a threat out there. But he also can dunk. He can do the little teardrop runner left-handed, which is a beautiful shot coming from a left-hander. He can score underneath the basket, so he's very versatile. And the more versatility he shows, taking that pressure off Broom and Holloway, yeah, uh, is going to be really dangerous uh, for Auburn going down the stretch. I'm with you. I'm
0: with you. Anything else from to from this afternoon's game that you want to highlight?
1: The run. The, I, I want to really talk about the again how Auburn is starting to develop a pattern. They're putting away a flaw that I saw under Bruce Pearl teams that we talked about the last a lot the last two years, and that is how you finish a half. Auburn is closing halves strong. Mm-hmm. USC cut it to eight, and then you blink, and Auburn holds for the last shot. Holloway hits a three, and they're up 14. It's all right, then USC cool. – yeah, and, and then USC makes a really good run where they hit like four or five shots in a row, and you look up, and Auburn's still up 15. So all that energy that Boogie Ellis and USC extended – to try to get back in the game and really made a nice run. They're, they st- they didn't gain any ground. They were down 15 instead of 14, and that's frustrating. That's taking somebody's, you know, taking their taking the, the life out of them to try to make a comeback. So Auburn's closing halves a lot better, and then they're coming out and start the second half and setting a tone. I love that. That's winning. That's winning basketball, and we're seeing a trend with that. I'm
0: I'm with you. I'm with you, and that's something that. Funny enough they didn't do Mm-mm. against Baylor, right? And right. that's what kind of let that one um get away. Man, these two Houston are really causing a stir. Or
1: Houston, or Houston in the NCAA tournament last year, right? You felt like Auburn played one of its better halves. They're up on Houston and then they absolutely come out and crumble in the second half. Auburn's mm-hmm. not doing that this year. They're starting to close halves strongly. And they're starting second halves. And that, that's the most, to me, the most important five minutes of a basketball game. The last two of the first half and the first three of the second.
0: I get you that. win those,
1: you will win a lot of games.
0: And that's a big thing that's popped up in football, too. Winning the middle eight. That's important in all sports, for sure. you Wyoming asking a question. Do we really know how good this team is yet? Just not sure we've played any elite teams other than Baylor. I don't feel we've really... Been tested. I think you can make the argument that the two best teams you've played this year, you lost against, which was Baylor and App State. I mean, that's not a, that's not an unreasonable thing to say, is it? So like, I think, I think his question matters, but I also think you look at it in Vegas, you know, th- they've got Auburn winning today's game by eight and a half and you beat them by, you know, almost double that. I don't know. It seems to be a solid trend where Auburn still seems to be better than what all the projections say. Night in and night out. So while you're correct where you go Wyoming, I do think the eye test is starting to say, no, this team's better. I think this team's better than a lot of people
1: expected them to be. You're not going to play very many elite teams through the course of a college basketball season, anyway. That's just not going to happen. So, what you want to do is how you play against good teams. And Auburn is thumping, thumping good teams. It'd be different. In my opinion, yeah, we don't know how good they are yet, but I think they're pretty stinking good. And the reason why I do is because teams like Indiana, who just lost by three to Kansas, Kansas, who will be the number one team in the country Monday, but Auburn boat race them, okay? Watch when USC does against some teams in the Pac-12 that might be pretty good, like Arizona and Oregon and teams like that. We'll see how USC plays against them. I think Auburn has taken care of business and thump teams that normally would be a six, seven, eight point spread. That, to mm-hmm. me, is the difference. And, and Appalachian you, State, play them right now, that was just a trap game. They Appalachian State got Auburn at the exact perfect time. You play Auburn today on a neutral floor, and that game's completely different.
0: If you had to put USC and Indiana in some sort of power rankings with all the other SEC teams,
1: mm-hmm. where would you put them? Well, I would put I'd, – I'd say they're both probably middle of the pack teams. I think USC might be a little bit more talented than Indiana, but what Indiana showed me against Kansas yesterday, I could put – I could see Indiana being a top six SEC team and maybe wow. USC – fit. It. yeah, I do. I mean, again, I'm not just – that's just not – you know, pull that out of the air. I, I, they just I'm, think, I'm
0: thinking eight, nine, 10, right? I mean, well, I mean Indiana is you, probably what the fifth best team in the Big Ten. And then a live uh, TCB is saying USC was picked to finish second in the past. And Indiana
1: is undefeated in the Big Ten, I believe. And they've also went, like I said, just lost to had Kansas, was up mm-hmm. on Kansas most of that game, and just lost by three or four to probably who's going to be the number one team in the country Monday. Uh, yeah. I think that's worthy of a top six team in the SEC, especially if the SEC is top heavy this year. Again, Arkansas, Alabama, it seems, so those it other seems
0: teams. to be, It seems to be. Top yeah, heavy. yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So and
0: Kentucky is heating up. But them them beating North Carolina mm-hmm. yesterday. That may be that might be the biggest win in the SEC right now. So. We'll see. And then what Kentucky did to Miami as well earlier in the year, like they're right now, they're the cream of the cream of the crop in the SEC. If you ask me, then I think there's actually I put
1: all were in the top four right now, early in the SEC.
0: I think it's Kentucky. And then I think it's a sizable drop. And then it's a tier of Arkansas, Auburn and Alabama. And that's kind of where you're living right now.
1: Missouri too has played pretty well. I
0: I haven't watched Missouri, but so I, I, but I believe you, but I I haven't watched Missouri yet this season.
1: They passed some of the eyeball test. Uh, so, got it. We'll see. I just, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a lot. Uh, look, in the SEC in years past, I hated it when it was like Kentucky and everybody else. And that's what the SEC was branded. But, you know, you finish second or third in this conference, you got a good chance at finishing, you know, or getting a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament.
0: And that sets you up. That sets you up to survive the first weekend from a seed yeah. standpoint. So, that's all you can really. Ask for, because after that, it's just all a coin flip and depth and Auburn will appear to have depth. So that's, that's huge. All right. Any other final thoughts or takes, drop them in the live chat, Um, Daryl. But I mean, as far as looking ahead for this Auburn basketball team, you've got to feel good about all the momentum that they've built so far. So they'll play again
1: Friday night against Friday, Alabama, State.
0: Al- yeah, Alabama State, then uh, a little over a week later, um on December 30th against Chattanooga they'll play Penn a few days after that and then they go to Arkansas to start conference play so they'll be favored probably by double digits at least in all of these three games probably more than 15 points in all of these three games what do you want to see from Auburn in these final three games of the non-conference slate
1: no drop off I'm not so much concerned about the score I want to watch style of play I want to watch consistency, energy, effort. I don't want any drop-off that, hey, okay, we're playing Alabama State now. We can take the night off, and then they play sloppy. What they've done the last three games and the amount of turnovers that they've committed is epic, and I want to see that continue. I want to see them be sharp and and not lose focus on who they're playing, not worry about who – just worry about Auburn the next three games. Worry about Auburn and what you do, not the opponent, and continue to play a lot of guys – um, and if there's things that you want to work on from a standpoint of offensive sets or rotations or things like that, yeah. But other than that, I want to see the continued matched intensity of not turning it over, uh, not being sloppy, and uh, again, not worrying about who your opponent is. It's the level of play. Just yeah. worry about all. That's all.
0: If Auburn is anything worse than eleven and two going into SEC play, that's a failure, right?
1: Yeah, I think if they lose to either Penn, Chattanooga, or, or Alabama State, I don't like the momentum that Auburn would have garnered going in against SEC play, yes. Mm-hmm. I would say that'll let down.
0: Yeah, they're all at home too, I believe. So that would yeah. not be great. That would not be great. Um, I'm with you, man. I, I want to see more guys. I'd like to see different guys step up in each game. I'd love to see an Aiden game. I'd love to see Jalen continue to score double digits in most of these games. I'd love to see... Denver Jones stay effective from shooting behind the arc. Can we get more Chaney Johnson going offensively? Like I'd like to see different guys step up in all three games just to kind of continue to show and kind of build confidence down the bench of okay, I can step up. I have the ability to step up whenever my number is called and whenever the game comes to me throughout SEC play. But, you know, you, you can't really do that. You just got to kind of hope it comes to them and then they're able to execute. But over these next three games, that's going to be something I'm looking for.
1: It's a very underrated point. If a guy like Chaney Johnson goes off against Alabama State or Chattanooga and gets 15, 16, 18 points and all of a sudden starts to breed confidence, right? I feel at some point you're going to need a guy like that against an SEC team. The only way you're going to get that confidence and feeling like you know, you're really, really contributing is to, to have success. If he has it, I don't care if it's against Chattanooga, Alabama State, or the Penn Quakers. Get 18, get 16, get 17, get rolling, and then you'll feel confident enough in yourself when SEC play starts. That's right.
0: That's right. Uh, Daryl, thanks for joining me as always. How can people check out everything that you've got going on?
1: Follow me on xdap6410. I'll be on Monday, tomorrow morning at 710. I'll be over like this morning, and then Tuesday afternoons on the line at 330 with Jacob Goins.
0: Yep. Got a feeling Daryl will be on the show a lot this week too with signing day happening Wednesday and – breaking news happening throughout this week. So stay tuned for that. You can follow me on socials at Z Blackerby. We're also live on Instagram right now. Please click that follow button. That'd be awesome. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on audio. Really, really helps out the show. You can read all of our work at auburndaily.com and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.